Welcome to the 198th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on September 24th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this year's show. With me is the guy who's almost never at Ikea, Carlos Rodella. Hey, what's up? I am also, yes, that is true. I am not at Ikea uh, hardly ever. Good. I'm glad I nailed that one because I've been kind of off the mark with the last few. Yeah, I was trying to think of like if I've been recently, and I can't remember when I've been. Uh, maybe like three years ago? Okay, that is that is very accurate statement then, because three years ago means you were almost never at IKEA. Almost never. I'm, I'm glad I didn't wait around because you wouldn't have been there. But when you go, like whenever I go, I'm like, oh, I just spent like six hundred and thirty-five dollars, because it's like all these little things are two dollars each, and you're like, well, fine, I'll just get like ten of those, and then you're like, that thing's <laughs> only twenty bucks. That's a steal. And then, then all of a sudden, it's like five hundred dollars. Yeah, I've had that experience. You think you're buying this cheap stuff, and in you know per unit, like you said, it's all really cheap. But then you get to the register, and you're like, "How the fuck did this come out to eight hundred and seventy-five dollars?" You stand in horror at the other end of the register, looking at your receipt, and you're going, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." Oh, yep. I guess I just can't fucking add. I guess that's what happened there. So. And you're like bringing it over with like a, a huge truck or like one of those like, um, you know, hand cart things. Oh, the thing always like rolls sideways and shit doesn't even yeah. go in a straight line. It's I fucking hate irritating. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough IKEA promotion. We are not sponsored by IKEA, although IKEA, if you would like to sponsor us, I am very open to that. I'm sure you've got a couple bucks you could kick our way. Uh, in lieu of that, though, we're going to get right into it, folks. We're trying to shoot for a shorter show today. Um, I know that we sometimes go real long. We're going to try to not do that. So we're going to keep it nice, tight, and tidy. We're just going to get into it. No fat, no filler. Carlos, uh, you've got a few things for housekeeping. Why don't you kick us off, sir? Yeah, just first off, uh, PS5 had their kind of event, digital event, to talk about the PS5 and some games coming out for it. We're not going to go through that whole thing. But I just wanted to say that everybody was scrambling for pre-orders because it was really weird how Walmart decided to just say, after the event, uh, they just said, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, you can buy one from our store. We'll just put them up. And threw a real wrench in the plans. But then again, Sony didn't get upset. They were just like, okay, I mean, I guess, because you're going to get a gazillion orders. And then after that, a bunch of other places said, well, we're going to do our pre-orders now too. And so basically it was a scramble. And I remember just going to Twitter, going like, you know, caught up in the whole hype about, well, if there's a link out there, I'll probably click it. And I had a friend uh, send me like an affiliate link or some sort of link directly to a PS5 on Amazon. And it was the disk drive one. And I wasn't going to get the disk drive one, but I was like, I got to get me a PS5 like everybody else is getting one. Oh, dude, you got sucked into the hype, dude. I was into the hype. I spent an extra $100 for probably no reason because i don't think i'm gonna get any uh or what is it called 4k u cds what are they the blu-ray i have i don't even high know, def i don't know i couldn't called. even tell you but uh i got one anyhow with a disk drive and then i also got the headphones so i pre-ordered my ps5 how about you not even remotely i uh <laughs> I mean, I, I was not planning to drop any money. From what I understand, you had to pay up front for the PS5. Is that correct? No, I don't think it came out of my account. For the Amazon one, I think it comes out when you when it ships. 
probably different by retailer then because half the people in my feed were saying they were paying up front and i was definitely not going to do that and i mean to be perfectly honest i mean yeah i'm going to get a ps5 yes i'm going to get the new xbox uh but at that time that the ps5 event was going on something else was going on in the world like politically and i was just really feeling it that day and i just was like you know there's a lot more important things in the world than PS5 pre-orders right now, especially since it was like a surprise, like this clusterfuck, like you said. A lot of people were like screaming because Sony promised they were going to give us a lot of uh, forewarning and heads up, and they did not. And, you know, FOMO was real strong that day, and I feel like a lot of people who maybe didn't have the money decided to spend it anyway because they felt they were, you know, had to keep up, and they were, you know, scared they weren't going to get one and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, because, like, they're going to keep making them. It's not like they're going to stop after November or December, you know? Like, if I don't get one for another month or two who fucking cares because my backlog is infinite dude i don't need to buy another game for the rest of my life or my son's life or his or his son's life right like i don't need to buy a game for three fucking generations i'm still flush with games so if i have to wait another month or two for them to make a few more who cares man yeah but by the way i didn't have to pay up front because i just checked my bank account and uh it didn't come out so i think okay well that's good that's good yeah that was the other reason i did it because i was like yeah but in november i'll have an extra paycheck or something it'll be fine so yeah. that's why I did it also because for the show and also because of what you just said, the world is like slipping into this weird dystopia. And I was like, well, that means I want this more <laughs> because Live it anything, up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get more lost in other worlds. Um, another reason why I'm probably uh, my birthday is in a couple of days. So I'm going to buy a it um, is. Yeah. When's your birthday? Uh, Saturday, so 26. Oh, I did, did not know that. You didn't say anything about it until just now. I Happy early birthday, anything. dude. Thanks. Are you uh, going to be able to drink finally? Oh, yeah. Now I can officially. Yeah. Turning 21. Here it yep, is. Carlos here we Rodeo, go. The big two one. Whew. It's been a while. All those like <laughs> non-alcoholic beers have been not good. Um, add up. So, no, no. I, I'm going to get myself a birthday present of a TV, I think. And because I've been putting off this whole 4K thing, but they're relatively cheap now. If you get a small enough one, uh, you know, you can get one and get the experience for the HDR and all that kind of stuff for the PS5. So, right, yeah, right, I'm right. spending some money, but um, I want to lose myself in another world because this world is kind of fucked. I hear you, man. And, you know, like I said, I will get one for sure eventually. I mean, that's it's it's a done deal. It's just a matter of when. But I honestly, I think I'm probably going to get the Xbox first um, because twenty five or thirty five dollars a month uh, is much more doable than for me to drop, you know, five hundred bucks. Plus, I'm already a member of Game Pass, so I don't need to buy those games. And I mean, it's not going to be, you know, one or the other. It's going to be both. But I think that maybe the Xbox will be first, especially since, you know, we are a gamer family. Like we all have our own consoles here. And like buying for one person is one thing. But like buying for your family, like if everybody wants their own box, which we have to right? like my wife, hardcore gamer, me, hardcore gamer, plus editor of a game site, my son, hardcore gamer. There's no way we can, like, share a console. We'd be killing each other. Everybody be screaming for their turn, right? So, like, I got to save up for, like, a long period of time. I got to work some extra hours. I got to find some gigs. I got to scrimp and, you know, cut back on a few things. So the Xbox plan in our situation right now, if I have to pay $35 a month, that's way more doable than me ponying up for three PS5s. So Microsoft may have us this generation. We'll see. That's a good point. And also those pre-orders are supposedly out now as well. Uh, although I don't think I can find any. Um, t- have you found them yet? I'm not even looking. Or I'm, not, just, even I'm looking just not even on my radar. I will get one when the mood strikes me. And if I have to wait a little while, don't care. Okay. Well, yeah, I will also do that thing. And you know what's funny? I, I kind of spent, well, I will be spending the money on the PS5. So maybe I'll do exactly what you're doing and do the payment plan for the Xbox Series X. 
uh, could do that. Save me a little bit of cash on the front side. Um, also, I just want to mention the Tokyo Game Show is happening. We have no time to cover all the stuff that's going on, but uh, it's a pretty cool show. So go to YouTube and look for Tokyo Game Show. They just talked about a new Nier game, a Nier Automata game. Uh, and a yeah, bunch... the remake of the original one. It was, that's what it is? Yeah, it is a remake of the first Nier, but we are getting a remake of the Japanese version that we did not get here in America. Oh. Nier was an old, who was a dad. In Japan, he was a teenager. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because the the trailer really didn't show much. So there you go. If you've never played Near, the original Near, and in my mind, the better Near, uh, this is your chance. Although I have no idea what they're changing or what they're doing. And I got to be perfectly frank. Um, I in my mind, Near is a dad. Like that was kind of what sold the game to me. I have a very hard time imagining it having the same weight and impact if he's just like a teenage guy. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll have to see. Uh, but the thing that came out of it that actually is um, very kind of small news, but I just thought I'd mention it because we had mentioned it on the show. I saw a new trailer for Bright Memory, but Bright Memory Infinite, which I guess is a different version. But Bright Memory, if you remember, we mentioned on the show, is that game that's like uh, Shadow Blade. Is it called Shadow Blade? Shadow, Shadow Warrior. Warrior. Yeah, and it's made from that one guy. Remember the one... Person. Yeah, this was at the Xbox big reveal, uh, like first person, hack and slash, plus guns, plus parkour, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. And it already came out for Steam. I'd forgotten, which is crazy. Oh, it's already out for Steam? I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess a version of it for like eight bucks. And I was like, what the fuck? But then they were talking about on Tokyo Game Show, Bright Memory Infinite. So maybe I'm guessing the full game is coming out. It must have just been a playable slice demo or something. Yeah. It could not have possibly been the whole thing. Yeah. So either way, I'm like, it just went back on my radar, and holy crap. Uh, so that's a little bit of housekeeping. One last piece of housekeeping is, and I thought that you would like this, No Man's Sky has a new update coming. Oh, I just saw that. I just watched the trailer of that guy, um, Sean Murray, Sorry, talking Murray about talking it. about it. It's called Origins. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, we talked about this at length, right? I know that you used to really love No Man's Sky. You kind of fell out of it a little bit. I did not like it for the first three or four times I tried it. And then the last update finally got me played all the way through, ended up really liking it. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to come back because most of the stuff they showed in the trailer, I have already experienced in the current game and the new stuff. I'm like, I mean, if I could jump in and do it real quick, maybe, but I don't think anything happens quick in no man's sky. And I don't know that I want to spend another 20, 30 hours in it. So I'll have to, I'll have to get some more details. I think it's kind of hazy right now. Well, yeah, in general, I think I can, you could, I can tell you, you might not want it because while it's cool for a lot of players and people who have built communities in there, it's really more about the planets themselves. So getting kind of a facelift of uh, biomes and the way that mountains can be much taller now and oceans can be much deeper. So it's kind of just that. I say hmm. just, it's still a lot of work. Probably but, monumental amount of effort. Who yes, knows, yes, you know? yes, yes. But at the same time, I don't know if it's like a, like I need to get back in there kind of thing. But I don't know, man. I had my experience. I had a good experience. And if it was like quickie DLC, I might be up for that. But if it's just another whole variation on what I've already done, I definitely don't want to do that whole thing again. So, right. Well, yeah. Okay, and I actually have one more piece of housekeeping. This yeah. is essentially the housekeeping episode. We could put that down for the name. All housekeeping, all the time. All the time. Um, a game I've been very excited about for a while, uh, and I've watched on YouTube for quite a bit, and it actually comes out the day after my birthday, so it's my kind of second present, is Genshin Impact. 
Do you know about this? You know, I've heard a lot of people mention it to me, and I still don't know what it is. Like, it's a, kind of a random generic name. I, I, I know nothing about it other than people keep telling me to look at it. And it should be, I think it's Genshin Impact. But it's a free-to-play RPG that's got elements of, like, Zelda, because you can climb everything. Uh, and I say, like, uh, Zelda for Switch. And it also has kind of that, yeah, free-to-play grind RPG stuff. But it looks beautiful. It looks like uh, Zelda. And it looks um, really, really fun. And the systems are really cool. The character design's awesome. And it comes out on the 27th. I actually pre-ordered the PS4 version where you, like, buy, you know, you pay, like, 10 bucks to get, like, extra shit when it starts. Um, that, by the way, that they always get me with that. I'm like, this is a free game, but... I do want extra stuff. <laughs> sure. The founder's pack or the starter pack or the pretender yeah. pack or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got that. Again, it was only $10. And I've been watching enough of this game through tons of YouTube videos and previews because it's been like off and on through like different kind of alpha beta states and stuff. And it just looks really fun to play. Like the combat, minute to minute combat looks really fun. And the fact that you can kind of climb anything I always like. So, yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for it. We'll see how I like it. I only spent ten bucks, so that's not like a, a huge, you know, barrier to entry. And it comes out on the twenty seventh for PS4. I will check it out, but man, that title is horrible. Genshin Impact doesn't say anything about it. it I mean, no. it sounds like a free to play iPhone game or something, or like some kind of weird anime adaptation. I mean, it tells you nothing about it. They should have really done better with that. It's title. True, it's true, but it looks cool. Okay. All right, then, I will. I will check it out. Uh, any more housekeeping? Are we good? That's it. We basically that's the whole show. It's at their thirty minutes, right? Uh, not quite, but we are close. <laughs> we have a few minutes to work in a few games. I think we're going to get to that right now. Um, since you were on a roll, Carlos, I'm just going to continue with you here, uh, bringing us to the main portion of the show where we actually talk about things we're playing. Going Under is a brand new game. I know very little about it. The little trailer I watched earlier this afternoon looked like some kind of a top-down, possibly roguelike, possibly... Uh, throw stuff around physics game. I mean, it looked kind of fun and colorful, but I didn't have time to really investigate. So you, sir, please tell us about Going Under. Yeah, wow. What a really cool, interesting game. Came out of nowhere for me. Uh, and it showed up on the PS4, and as I often do, I just say, yes, I'll purchase that. <laughs> oh, can we pause for one sec? I got to say one thing. Yeah. I was, I was literally thinking about this today because I was thinking about you saying that you go to the PS4 and check what's new all the time. And I do the same thing, except for I only do it with the Switch. And I was trying to remember why that was, because I used to do it on the PS4 all the time. Now, I love the Switch, but I think, I got to be honest with you, I think the thing that really swung me from the PS4 to the Switch is the wish list. Because when I go to the Switch, I can wish list anything and keep track of it, and I don't need to buy it at that moment, and then I can come back later, and if it's on sale, I can check it. It's all very useful and friendly. The PS4 still does not have a wishlist function on the console. You have to go to the PC and do that, which is like totally a whole extra step that I don't want to do. So yeah. I think that was really what discouraged me from doing it. And I really hope that the PS5 gets their shit together and gives you a wishlist function. Even the Xbox has a wishlist. The PS PS4 is the only one that doesn't have a wishlist right now. Wow. I'll be really excited to have that feature again because you're right. And when I get my new Xbox Series X... Um, I'm sure they'll have it because yeah, it's like a no brainer and oh, you're you right. Need it. It's so useful. I actually get more games on the switch, uh, from the, for the wishlist because yeah, I, I actually use that wishlist a lot. You're right. Um, but me, cause I have problems. I see something and then I just buy it. So <laughs> I don't even have to put it on hold. I just kind of go, well, I probably want this. 
Um, now I'm not saying I buy every single game that's in the store, but if I if I'm thinking about it. So this game, yeah, uh, I love the graphics from the from the start. I just looked at the kind of like the trailer, and it looked really really appealing visually. It's got that kind of Katamari Damacy look, right? Very colorful, very brightly colored, s- kind of simplistic simple, graphics a little bit. Yeah, simple graphics. Uh, Nobi Nobi Boy, all those you know types of games. Um, very simple graphics, but beautiful and colorful, and it is a game about. Here, by the way, this is a, a headline. Going under gamifies toxic startup culture and millennial work attitudes. Um, really? Yeah, that was the, the one of the taglines in a rep- uh, some article I was reading. But essentially, uh, by the way, it's come from Agro Crab Games, which I thought I was love funny that name because That's a good we name. talked about crab games last episode. I love crab games. I am I am in for crab games, so you already have me halfway. I know, and I'm a hard pass for crab games, so I was like, I don't know what to do here. Uh, yeah, so basically you uh, start as an intern at a company, and in the very beginning of the game, there's like a kind of welcome video, which I always like those, and it's talking about like this uh, future where there's this little startup company, like a Steve Jobs, you know, Wozniak, and they became this big company, and now they're going to let you be an intern and you were like selected by AI for some reason <laughs> of course to be of a course. marketing intern. Yeah. So you get to the company and the company's uh fizzle corp, uh, they're disrupting the beverage space. And of course it's in the Pacific Northwest, uh, where else not disclosed location, but in there and you, you know, you start your job and you're trying to be like this good intern and your like supervisor says, Hey, before we get started and you've just like watched that, um, you know, welcome video. Uh, but could you help me out a little bit? And there's a monster over there. Could you go kill it? And you're Jacqueline and you're like, um, what? I thought this was like a marketing job insert. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. But every once in a while we have some monsters. They come up from the basement. Just go kill that one for me. Could you? So then you go kill the monster and the combat is so fun. It's so like, you know, that thing when you hit something and it goes slow motion for a bit. Yes. I just love that feel, right? So it does that. And it's like you said, it's very physics-based. So you can kind of pick up anything you see, um, which is a lot of games like that. And I've always loved, I've loved those types of games. So you just pick up a, a monitor or like a weird, you know, uh, ball or something you see near you and just go kill the monster. And he goes, that's cool. But before we get started for the other part of the job, could you go to the basement and kill more monsters? And that's really what the, the game, the whole game is is that you actually need to go in the basement to kind of a secondary part of the company, which is called Joblin, which is really funny, uh, kind of like Goblin. And there's monsters down there. And you need to go wipe out monsters, and it turns into a roguelike, where you have to get down as far as you can into the different dungeons. So and it is a roguelike then? So it turns into a roguelike pretty quickly, yes. Uh. But it's got its own little differences and normally, if I find out something's a roguelike, you know me. Yeah, you stay away. I run for the hills. So the colorful and funny and physics-based world that there is, as well as the story of a funny, like, you know, uh, com- company or corporation who doesn't understand that they're probably terrible, and all the different little characters you meet, it keeps me in. It keeps me, like, wanting to be in this world. And also the moment-to-moment gameplay is so fun because when you go in these dungeons, not only is it physics-based, not only can you like find power-ups and you know get like, special upgrades while you're down there, 
but you meet funny characters. There's little stores that pop up. Um, there's a lot of really interesting gameplay mechanics. Like there's monsters in cars. And then when you knock the monster out of the car, you can get in the car. And then you're just driving the car around the room and smashing up things. I got two questions for you, man. Yeah. And I, you know I'm the roguelike guy. I play yeah, like yeah, yeah. literally every roguelike. You play them all. So uh, two questions for you. Number one, what is is there any like permanent progression, any persistence of things that even if you lose a run, like do you keep something? Does something change in the world? Do you slowly get stronger somehow? And number two, uh, what are the power-ups like? Because power-ups are super, super important in a roguelike. Those are the things that make the runs feel different. Uh, when you go back and try again. So like, are you getting different new powers? Are they combining in different ways? Like, like what are those two elements like? So I haven't played it long enough to give you real good answers. So I apologize in advance, but I will see, I can see like the writing on the wall because when you finish a run, you get like a scorecard and it's again, everything's within this world of a company and this like, you know, company that doesn't understand they're probably evil and all the kind of boring stuff that goes with companies. And so it's like, the little report cards like has room for improvement, you know, room for growth. And then it says things you did well. And they're all like said in corporate terms. Sure. Um, sure. I don't know what that, um, carries over to other than that you get money for a ton of stuff you do. So you get money and you do get upgrades within the level. Um, I don't have a full answer of what is transferred over because you're right. Like that really does make you want to like go back down under and like, uh, or go under, go under, yes. and and actually like play more. But the thing I will say this: the reason why I like it so much, and I went back down into the dungeon at least like five times, six times, uh, with the limited amount of time I played it, it's because it's just super fun. Like everything you do down there isn't like another like D and D type roguelike that I would be like, oh, I just died again. It's like because it's oh yeah, it's like I'm sure some sort of procedural generation, right? Like. It, it's never the same twice and you get weird power-ups like i said like you can do little mini games within the level so it says like accept a new job while you're down here again everything's under the guise of a corporation sure, sure. and the the job is like kill a bunch of enemies really quickly so i did and then a drone flies in and drops a little care package down and i get like health and all these upgrades so yeah just the physics spaceness of it the fun combat of it, it, it doesn't even kind of matter to me that I'm not going to, like, whatever that upgrade system is, I'm fine with because it's just really fun to play. Um, what was the other question you had? No, that was just, just like, how do the power-ups work? Like, if you if you go on a run, like, do you collect new power-ups? Do they combine in interesting ways? Like, do you find that you're playing differently each time you need to run, or does it feel like you're doing the same thing over and over? Yeah, for now, I feel like it's the same thing over and over, but it also feels really fun. And I will say this. The other thing that's keeping me going is really this whole narrative, like this narrative, this weird company and AI is around. And every time you come up from the dungeon, it seems like there's more characters with more things to say, you know, like an RPG. Sure. sure. Where you come and actually like, oh, oh I want to see this quest line of what these people are doing. Um, and there's different floors in the company and like sections that are like, you know, walled off for now. So I'm just really interested in the world. And I'll get back to you on what the upgrade system is. But for me, who doesn't ever like roguelikes, I'm really in. Excellent. Okay, so this is going under. You kind of sold me on this one. I got to say, I did see a trailer today. I heard a couple of people talking about it, but nobody was really communicating to me like what it really was. It looked just like kind of a party game, kind of beat em up. And I'm just not in for those. But if there's actually roguelike elements, if there's story, 
that might get me in. I'm going to go look this up and give it a closer uh, once-over once we get done with the show. So thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking about roguelikes one more time before this show is over. So hang tight, uh, roguelike fans. Wait, why don't you uh, talk about it now? We could do roguelike versus roguelike. Mm, oh, am I throwing off your plans? No, I mean, I okay, that's fine. I'm flexible. I can roll with it. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you know, to, we got one roguelike. Script. And All right, we, that's fine. We, and it's kind of a different type of roguelike, I would say. That is, yes, absolutely true. So I was going to save this for the end, but we'll talk about it now. Uh, started playing Hades uh, coming from Ooh. Supergiant Games. I'm sure you must have heard of it. I, I did. I, the, Danny has a, a new no clip video up for it. You guys should check that out. Yeah, it's blowing up right now. Like, literally everybody in the gamosphere is playing about it and talking about it. And I felt like I needed to check it out. And especially because it's a roguelike. I mean, those are my jam, and I play them all anyway. Uh, and this one is just, like, getting so much love all across the board. Comes from Supergiant, who did Bastion. They did Transistor. They did one other game that I'm not remembering at the time. Uh, whatever. They did, This is their fourth game, uh, and they just keep getting better and better. Their artwork is really tight, really colorful, really polished. Um, they have a, a very definite house style. Um, mm-hmm. Stylized, but not super stylized. It's more cartoony, but not, like, funny cartoony. Kind of, like... I don't know, like, I want to say angsty cartoony, but I, I don't mean that to sound insulting at all. I mean, that I want it to be positive. So I guess pensive cartoony. Anyway, I love their house style. They look It looks really good. Uh, the premise of this game, it's a top-down, kind of a three-quarter isometric roguelike. You play the son of Hades, uh, and this is all set within Greek mythology. So if you know about Zeus and Hera and Ares and all of the Greek gods, you will be right at home with this one. Cerberus, the three-headed dog, is there, and Medusa, and all those all those characters from, like, you know, Classic All your Titans favorites. And all your favorites. All, all the hits are here. So, basically, you play the son of Hades, and he does not want to be in the underworld anymore. He's like, I'm sick of this. I want to get out of here. I want to find my mom. My mom is not down here. This sucks. You suck. I'm an angsty guy, and you're my <laughs> crabby dad, and I'm out. So that's crabby. Kind of cra- oh, there's crabs again. Uh, so that's the basic premise. And what you do is you uh, pick a weapon. You start off with just a sword, but you very soon unlock, I think, a total of eight weapons. There's like a spear, bow and arrow, uh, a shield that has little spikes on it, uh, punching gloves. And the very last thing you get is like a gun, which is funny. I thought that was quite humorous that uh, Greek Greek gods have a gun uh, <laughs> stashed away in their armory. Um so you pick a gun and you go out and every so often uh, the world is divided into rooms. You, you beat up all the goons in a room. At the end of the room, you get a reward and the reward is procedural generation. So sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's like um, life, life up. But most of the time you're getting gifts from the other Greek gods. So like, let's say uh, you finish a room and Zeus is like, hey, you did good in that room. I'm going to give you something and you get to pick. He'll give you an option of three things. It'll be like uh, all lightning based because Zeus is like the god of lightning, right? So he'll be like, your main weapon can be uh, lightning bursts, or your sub weapon can have some kind of shocking quality to it, or you can dash and leave electricity behind you when you dash. It's whatever you want. Like pick one of those three, and so you pick one of those things. And as you keep going through each room, you meet more and more gods, and each one gives you like another and another and another and another thing. So like Aphrodite will give you stuff that's like a love component, uh, but it also like have a toxic side to it. Um, Ares gives you stuff that like ups your attack. Poseidon lets you push guys out of the way with the power of like water. So like they really incorporate all the Greek gods. And the beauty of this game is in the mixing and the matching because uh, as you go through rooms, you just keep getting more and more and more stuff and your weapons have like more and more exotic powers. So like, you know, at one point my gun was like 
shooting bullets that were homing and they also had like 10 times the attack power and they also exploded into lightning also they did a delayed <laughs> explosion and so it changes up all the time and and like no two runs are different like you'll see some of the same gods pop up of course but like there's eight different weapons and so each weapon has different effects and then combining in different ways so each run feels pretty different you can tailor it a little bit like if you keep choosing the same things then you can have a little bit more consistency but if you like to experiment uh there's a lot of stuff going on this game is also super big on permanence which i think is really good for roguelikes uh you unlock currency as you go through each run and when you come back to home base you can buff yourself in a permanent way you can get special items from people that you meet at your home base tons of story it's all voice acted and really quality voice acting uh lots of stuff to unlock lots of progression that you can go after they give you little goals to shoot for uh, and the premise is also included in the actual story itself, because as we all know, roguelikes, you're not going to win it the first time you go in, you get as far as you can, you die, you come back. Well, they take care of that because you are the son of a god. You are immortal also. So you, when you die, it's just your dad being like, get the fuck back to your room. Oh, and you yeah. go back to your room and you're like, God damn it, I got to try again. And so <laughs> they work that in and like everybody in the world comments on it as well. Like they all know what's up. They're like, half of them are like, just go with the flow and stop pissing your dad off and just be a good little guy. And the other half are like, fuck that guy. I'm going to help you get out. And so yeah. like, there's kind of like these little factions at home base. So they incorporate story. They incorporate great weapons. They incorporate a lot of progression. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to look at. It's kind of the total package. Now there is a, but though it's kind of, a, it's the total package. I don't really have any criticism of it, but I will say I'm going to be really just fucking honest with you, Carlos fucking honest with everybody who's listening right now. For some reason, this game is just, like, not grabbing me. And I don't know why. Like, I don't have a complaint. I don't have any criticisms of it. Um, I just, I'm playing it, and, like, every system is polished. Every system is smart. Every system works together. I mean, it's basically, like, a flawless experience, right? But something about it is just not clicking with me. And I've been through maybe four or six hours of it, and I keep waiting for, aha, now I'm in. Now right. I got the hook, you know? And it's just not doing it for me. So that's weird, man. It's weird because I don't have any criticisms. I really don't. I think it's a wonderful product. A lot of people out there are eating this up. But I'm just, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it for some reason. And that's fine. You know, like, again, it comes back to, like, art forms, uh, uh, movies, music, anything else. They could be a great uh, produced record. They could be a great series on Hulu or HBO. Uh, Game of Thrones comes to mind. I think it's a piece of garbage. And uh, so, you know, like people like what they like and something will get you or they, it won't. Um, I think that for me, that was Bastion. And Bastion is like a really kind of almost perfect game. And yeah, they, they do yeah, so many yeah. really innovative things and like the voice and stuff. But I don't really care for the game. Like, I don't know if we were too, dude. I'm really? in the same basket as you because that's another great game. Like, when you look at it on a piece of paper, you're like, this is a great game. It checks all the boxes. This is really well done. And I don't honestly have a lot of criticism of Bastion either. And yet, that was also another game where I'm like, meh. I mean, it's, I don't have a problem with it. I just right. don't care about it. Yeah. I guess. And it, again, it's similar to like a, a, a producer of a movie or a producer of a show, you know, or director or whatever. So it's just you're not it's just not your thing and that's fine. But like I think your review is good and especially you know, people who like uh, the other games that they put out will probably like this a lot. But yeah. let me say one thing real quick. When you mentioned the lore, I think that's really important. I would probably get into more roguelikes if the world and the reason why you have to go back down into this wherever uh, makes sense. Like what you just said makes sense where he's like, oh, 
you know, his dad's like, get back to your room. And that's kind of funny. And also other gods are like, yeah, you keep losing, but here we're going to help you out. All that kind of that framing really helps someone want to keep doing it alongside permanence, like you said. For sure. So I will get back to you on um, the game. Oh, my goodness. What's it called? Going Under? Going Under. Because I'm really excited to see what they will do for that permanence because I feel like they're going to build something. But I forgot to mention that the first time I went into the dungeon, you know, because he was just like, go clean that place up before we get to your real job. Um, I Let's see. I, I died at like a boss. Like there was like kind of a boss thing in the bottom. I was like, there's no way I can beat all this, you know. And instead of where I thought they would be like, we'll go back down until you beat it. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Just come back up and, and uh, join us for stand up, you know, because it's a company. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just late for stand up. And that's great. Like, that's building it into the world, right? Interesting. Interesting. And I'm lo- definitely going to check that out. That sounds really funny. That, like, made me feel good about, like, like, oh, I'll go back down in because I think that if I go down, like, the third or fourth or seventh time, they'll probably do something else like that. Where, like, here's a cutscene, but we'll maybe comment on what, you're, what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. And well, that, that is exactly is what Hades does. It does that, like, literally every single run. There's a new piece of dialogue. There's a new event. People in in the world that you're in, they all see you doing these runs and they all comment on them. Like you get killed by a Medusa and one guy will be like, oh, that Medusa got you, huh? What a bitch. Yeah. Or like, you know, you'll get you'll get to the fourth floor and the guy will be like, oh, you got further than last time. Good for you, man. And like they, they com- I mean, it's great. Like it's it's really well done game. And I would absolutely recommend Hades to anybody who maybe thinks they don't like roguelikes and wants to try one or maybe wants to get a roguelike that, like you said, has those elements of permanence story narrative like it checks all the boxes like it totally checks all the boxes i have no no criticisms of it um and a lot of people love it so i mean you may even yourself want to check this one out it seems to check all your boxes as well it's interesting i'm glad that i had you talk about this one next to the other one because there are similarities here which is great to see but also it really does kind of like solidify what for me makes a good roguelike which is that kind of not just permanence but like story around it and yeah, I think I'm really excited to go back into it tonight into going <laughs> into going under and maybe even trying Hades because going under it's like you said the same thing when I come back up from that dungeon like there's other people with new dialogue options above their head and the story they're telling about big corporations is really timely. So, yeah. All right. Well, this sounds like a pretty good pair of roguelikes. Uh, good. In fact, it's been a pretty good year for roguelikes in general. There are a lot of roguelikes to choose from. Um, before we move on, I did want to just give a quick update to Necromunda Underhive Wars, which I talked about last time, which was the Warhammer 40k meets XCOM, very vertical. Uh, if you want all the de- details, go to last episode. I talked about it at length. I just wanted to be really quick on this. You know, I've, I've said this before. When we play games for the podcast, we're always trying to get new content, whether it's a new game or an old game, but we, we try to play a bunch of stuff every week so we have something to talk about. Uh, Necromunda started out really strong, and I was very positive on it when I talked about it last week, uh, but I'd only been maybe two or three levels into it. I kept playing after the show, and I got to say, it started to nosedive, so I wanted to circle back and just kind of like, you know, add further thoughts to my previous thoughts and say, you know, now that I've gotten further and now that I've seen more of the game unfold, I actually, I want to rescind my recommendation. Um, I, I, I take it back because the bigger the levels got, the longer the turns took, the more complicated the AI got. And I feel like it, it's too much. Like I started not having fun because I was losing a lot more often. And I don't say that as like a sour, sour grapes, sore loser kind of guy, but more like, 
I spent two, like, for example, I spent two hours on one level. There's no way to save in the middle of a level. I made one tiny mistake. That actually wasn't my mistake. I did a, an ability that somehow didn't work, and I don't know why it didn't work. If it had worked, I would have been fine. It didn't work, and that gave the AI an opportunity to come in, nuked my team, and that was like two hours down the drain, which I, I don't appreciate that, man. Like, I don't like throwing away two hours for something that I feel like shouldn't have happened. Um, the AI goes back and forth between brain dead and like super assassin, which I think is kind of a bad place to be because you never know what you're going to get on each turn. Mm. And um, it just got to be feeling kind of too much, too unfriendly. So I'm not going to go about it at length. I did post something at GameCritics.com. If anybody wants to know more about this, please go back uh, to GameCritics and check it out. You can search it in the archives. Um, but, you know, for the podcast, very often we'll come on. We'll get a real good first impression on a game. We'll talk it up. And then if we never circle back, that seems like a recommendation for all right. eternity. But I don't, you know, I don't want people to buy this game on my recommendation and then be like, wow, what the fuck? This game sucks. Oh, I can't believe I took Brad's word on that. You know, like we only can talk about what we see. At the time, it was a really good first impression. Once I played more, not so much. And now I want to just give you all a heads up. If you haven't bought Necromunda, maybe maybe don't because uh, it gets right. it gets bad later on. Yeah, I'm glad you did the the follow up. We need to do more of that. I think we always want to, but then there's so many new games as well. I know so. it's tough. It's I tough. am well, going to follow up on Going Under though because I'm so excited about it. But yeah, please do, please do. Okay, so that's it for that, Carlos. Let's go over to you again. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur which was a game that came out many years ago. 1,800 years ago. Has quite a checkered past. Crazy story. I don't know if we're going to get into that. But it is, a, it is an RPG, a lot of grinding, third-person, real-time action. It was, I don't want to say it was very popular when it came out. I think it was pretty hit or miss. Uh, but a lot of fans, there's definitely a fan base for this game. I was surprised as hell to hear that anybody was remastering this game. Uh, but you have now gone into kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning uh tell us all about it sir yeah i i remember playing it back in the day and i couldn't really you know it's one of those rpgs where you go yeah i probably played it but i really don't remember the story you know like i was in there at some point um and i will say this what do you call it a remaster is it a remake or is it a remaster you tell me um, geez, these terms. I, I think I'm hearing remaster is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's not a remake. That's right. Okay, remake was the Final Fantasy VII. Yes. That's a remake. Remaster just put some new uh, can of paint on it. Polish exactly, it exactly. So they they didn't do either of those. <laughs> no, what, what did they do? But don't worry. This is still a recommendation. I'm going to spoiler and say this is a recommendation. But they didn't do much of anything. I don't... Like, one of the, what do they call the... Um, quality of life stuff there's some of that stuff okay. where like saving and menu stuff and difficulty settings and well not looting you have to have to loot everybody instead of looting like you should be able to loot everything nearby but you can't they did they did some quality of life they didn't do all of it and you're like well why not and then the graphics are pretty much the same they're like hmm. almost identical to the original i don't know and what. it was from the 360 correct Ah, that sounds right. Yeah. It's like the same graphics. Oh, yeah. Okay. But here's what's interesting is that, you know, I'm a sucker for RPGs, especially action RPGs. Went back to it, fell right back in love with what I liked about it when I first started, which is it's like Fable. It's a fun Fable game where the action is tight. 
Uh, you have a good dodge roll. I always like a good dodge roll. You are a man who loves a dodge roll. Yep. You have, I'm not going to go into all the systems, but you can definitely be, you know, a, more of a fighter, more of a magician, all that kind of basic stuff. And the skill tree's okay. It's nothing to write home about. Everything is pretty much just okay, but it, it has that Fable look, so it looks like Fable. It's got a little bit of lightheartedness to it, and it's one of those things where, just like Ease does for me, it's comfort food. It's a comfort food RPG. That's what Fable, I think, feels like every time I play Fable. Uh, we'll be getting a new one you know, uh, at some point here. And it's relaxing. It's a good, relaxing game. It does also, you know, have a million side quests. And I thought that was very interesting that um, we've never really talked about this on the, on the show, but when role-playing games have too many side quests, you get, like, overwhelmed. And this is to, like, that times 100 million. So, <laughs> like, you'll just be walking, and, like, some guy's just doing push-ups, and he's got a question mark above his head. You're like, oh, that's probably a quest. And then you walk around the corner, and there's like three explanation points on, on people's heads. And then you go to a new area, and you're just like walking through the woods, and you find two people with explanation points above their head. And like I'll take, I'm hard not to say yes to that stuff. Sure. I don't know about you, but I'm like, if I see something, I'm like, okay, well, I should probably check that off because I get a bunch of experience. You cannot walk by and not talk to that person. How? What human being walks by those things and doesn't talk to that person? Yeah, I know. But then after the seventh or eighth time. You're like, fuck my life. I have 18 <laughs> things to do. So I remember in this thing, I had like already six quests going. And, you know, you kind of like compartmentalize. You're like, I'll, I'll get to them. And I get to this one little town. And all I want to do is sell my like millions of hammers and, you know, buy some health potions and be on, get on with it. And so I only see one guy in the town. And he's got a house. And he's like working on something like with like, you know, hammers. And he's got a little table. And I'm like, well, maybe he's a vendor, right? Oh, no, Brad Galloway. He was not a vendor. He was someone with a new quest. Of course he was. And guess what? He wanted me to go save his mermaid mermaid bride-to-be. And I was like, listen, <laughs> I, you got me on so many levels here. Mermaid, bride. Also, I just want to sell my hammers. Um, so, yes, there's a million quests in this game. But at the same time, it is comfort food. I'm loving it. I have my own house. Like, you, can, you know, one of those games where you can get your own house. Sure. And I love it. I love this game, but it's just the 360 game. Like, they didn't do anything much to it at all. Interesting. You know, the good thing about being in the review game for as long as I have, I mean, I'm coming up on, what, yeah, 20 years, 20 years now of doing reviews. And I reviewed this game when it was brand new back in the day. So I did not play the re-reckoning that you have played, but I did review this when it originally came out, I went back for shits and giggles to see what I said about it back then, because, you know, I had a vague recollection of what I thought about it, but I, I was pretty hazy on the details. I mean, if you review 8,000 games, you kind of forget the specifics of those after a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to get into it now, but I will say that my review is up on gamecritics.com and I really, really, really disliked this game severely, <laughs> really okay. did not care for it. So I'll leave line. it at that. I know you like it. I, I totally get why you like it. I did not like it back I, 11, 12, whatever years ago. And uh, if anybody wants to read that, go to Game Critics. You'll find it in the D archive. Did you ever like the Fable games, though, too? Or no? Not a big fan, no. Okay, well, then that makes sense. I'm mean, again, I'm coming at from, like, if you like those kind of games and also just want, like, a, a just a relaxing RPG to just do a million side quests in, 
there's a, there's a satisfaction that you feel from an RPG that is like unlike no other, you know, and especially when the world is full of shit. Sure. Um, I have going to a lot of RPGs lately and feeling good about myself because I fucking found that guy's mermaid bride and now I can <laughs> sleep at night. That makes sense. You know, if you, I mean, we all have different flavors that we like, you know, I mean, I'm playing all the roguelikes and that's something to me that, that gives me that feeling. You like the action, the dodge roll, the melee. So, you know, I get the feeling, even if we don't find it in the same places, but I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. All right. That is kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning. Uh, you're playing that one PS4. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, so a couple things for me and then we're out. Just a quick mention of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim coming from Vanillaware. Uh, I'm going to file this one under game that I was mega, mega, mega super excited for and actually really disliked it a ton when it finally came out. Um, not going to talk a lot about it because I did not play it for very long. I bounced off it really quickly. Uh, it is a visual novel with a really deep we didn't talk about this already did we did we talk no, about this but already? i i had mentioned to you in dms i was like hey do i want this game and you're like you do no, not you know you know stay away from this game this is <laughs> the anti-carlos game yeah so basically what happens is uh it is a 2d visual novel that stars a bunch of japanese high school kids so number one strike for me because i have zero interest in japanese high school kids i i'm done with that i don't want to do that story anymore uh, whenever people tell me, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't tell this girl how I feel about her because I'm oh, 16. Please. I'm just out, dude. I'm so out. Like, I just don't care. So most of the game is visual novel. And I was hoping that the story, which is supposed to be some kind of a time travel sci-fi story, would get me into it. Um, the story is told non-linear. And there's literally 13 different main characters, which I feel like is way too many. Mm. So you're jumping back and forth between characters. Some of it's in the future. Some of it's in the past. You're not really sure. When is this happening? Why is this happening? Did I already know this thing? I didn't know this thing. Oh, there's this guy over here. Did I talk to him yet? Oh, that's later. Oh, not yet. And so it's just really, I'm not a fan of nonlinear storytelling. So that's like strike two. Um, and there's also like a, like a bunch of charts. There's a bunch of text. There's a bunch of logs. There's like a spreadsheet in there to help people keep track of it. Fuck all that. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, that is not my jam. Some people really like it. Not for me. Um, the third strike and the thing that ultimately killed this game for me was this game was sold as kids piloting giant robots it's got aegis rim which is just like pacific rim mm. uh you know sentinels in the title like it's got a very like all the all the promotional ads showed giant robots and i am mr giant robot i am first first off mr roguelike second off mr giant robot this game has barely any giant robots in it and i feel very betrayed because when you get to the actual gameplay portion which is not the visual portion uh you go to a screen which is like a top-down view of a city. It is hyper abstract. You know what it looks like? It looks like a bunch of colorful neon pixels exploding on a black background screen. And what I expected, this is Vanillaware. They are renowned for their hyper-detailed 2D hand-drawn art. Mm. They did Dragon's Crown. They did uh, Odin Sphere. They did Grim Grimoire. I mean, they made their success on the strength of their visual art style. Yeah. That is literally nowhere to be found in the combat portions of this game. It looks like somebody took like fucking geometry wars or um, any of those like, like little pixely explodey voxel neon fucking indie games and stuck that in. And there is no giant robots punching anybody. There's no giant feet crushing things. There's no giant Gatling gun firing 
Like, none of that. It's just like this weird, weird pixel shit going on. It's boring. It is abstract. I was so fucking like, where's the robots? Where the fuck are the robots? You guys are the best artists in the goddamn business, and you didn't draw any fucking robots? And this game's about giant robots? Blew my fucking mind, dude. So I was like, I'm out. I'm fucking out. So yep. forget it. Um, I would recommend this game to people who like 999. Did you ever play 999, that visual novel? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate that game. Hate yep. 999. But it has the same time travel, super convoluted, t- Japanese teenager kind of sci-fi story. Uh, not my jam, but a lot of people love it. If you like 999, you will very much like 13 Sentinels. That's not what I signed up for. I signed up for giant robots and some story. This is like tons of story and no robots. So feel betrayed. I'm out. I'm not into this. I, a lot of people are going to like this. I am not that person. I so was going to say the episode. Not- it's not for you, and I was gonna say the episode title could be "Where are my fucking robots?" Where are my motherfucking robots? Ugh, okay, but that's not the game I really want to talk about. Final game of the show here, uh, talking about Mortal Shell. Oh yeah, I see Mortal a lot of Shell. Tweets for you from that game. Yes, I kind of went tweet crazy. If you can follow me on Twitter, I was going bananas over this game over the last couple of days uh, on Twitter, posting screenshots, little videos, uh, a lot of moments from this game. This is a Souls-like third-person real-time action coming from a brand-new studio called Cold Symmetry. Um, They're kind of tight-lipped about themselves right now. They say that they're all industry veterans, and their names are in the credit, although I didn't recognize any of them, but that's probably just, you know, me. Um, So they're kind of quiet, but they put this game out, and obviously they are swinging for the Dark Souls fences. This game is heavily... Heavily inspired by Dark Souls in so many ways from the look, the tone, the feel, the graphics, the the mood. Like, I mean, if you just like scanned a couple screenshots, like you could easily be convinced that this is an actual Dark Souls game. So they are following it very, very closely, but they do branch out in a couple different ways. Uh, first off, the main mechanic of this game is called hardening, which is kind of weird. Many jokes to be made there. What happens is you can turn yourself um, into stone for just like a few seconds. And what that does is it makes you 100% invulnerable to anything for like a few seconds. So like if you see some big boss coming in with his giant sword, he's going to roast you with some fire. You harden by pushing like the L2 button. You turn into stone for like a second. You just fucking tank right through it. It doesn't matter what it is. And that is actually a pretty cool thing um, because you can start to attack. You seem like you're going to get hit. You harden real quick. You block all damage. And then once that attack is over, you soften back up and you just keep going forward with your attack. I know. I, the you jokes like right back up. I, their jokes are there. We have to talk about it. But also, real quick, isn't that just blocking? It is not blocking because you are. I mean, it is a form of blocking, but it is like mega infinite blocking where you're just like you are untouchable for like a few seconds, and that really makes a difference uh, because you don't lose stamina in all these Souls games. Usually, when you block, it drains your stamina. You can only block oh, okay. for a certain period of time. Sometimes you get knocked down because. The attack overwhelms your stamina. And then when you finish blocking, you can't attack because you're drained of stamina. Um, All the Souls games really use a stamina-based system. And this one does too. But this hardening really kind of steps outside of the stamina system and gives you like this like God button where just for like a couple moments, fuck you, you can't touch me. And whatever you got, I shrug it off. Which is pretty cool. I just want to bring it up real quick because right now in Kingdoms of Amalar, um, it's the first (laughs) time in an RPG in a while that I've actually used blocking. 
And I bring it up because in that game, it's not like trying to be like a Souls. Like, there's no cost for blocking, right? It's oh, just, okay. It's just timing. Like, if you do it in time, and if you do it in time, and you have a good enough shield, most of the time you won't take any damage. And so normally, where I'm always just rolling out of way, like in this game, I've actually started blocking because some of the shields are really, really fun to use, and they they, they look different. Um, but anyways, I just it, to me that sounds like. Uh, something would help me want to play a Souls game is if I have the mechanic you're talking about, which is something that doesn't cost a fucking, you know, resource. Exactly. It's on a cooldown, so you can't just spam it. Uh, But it it comes back pretty quick, and it is pretty... I mean, it is literally invulnerable whenever you do it. So it is a pretty cool card to have up your sleeve. Um, The other mechanic is that... Well, it's kind of weird to say, but, like, you... (laughs) One thing about... Mortal Shell. I'm, I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. These guys, they like it difficult. Like, if you thought Dark Souls was, like, for babies and was way too easy, Mortal Shell is, like, the game for you. Like, they kick it up. They're like, yo, this is this is the serious game. Uh, in this game, like, you barely have any healing items at all. Almost none. And the way that you heal is by parrying. So, like, you gotta yeah, be kind of a badass. I know. I Oh, this suck. is such a hard pass. It's ridiculous. It is, no, no, no. This, I don't recommend this for you at all. I, I mean, yeah. I, and I almost didn't play it myself. Because I'm terrible at parrying. It is like my least favorite mechanic oh, in any game. Gross. And these guys do not cut you any slack, right? So, like, a couple of, like, the peon goblins and stuff that you fight, or, like, the, the you know, the, the scrub enemies, you can parry them pretty easily. They have really, really slow attacks, big window. But, like, a lot of the enemies will hit you pretty hard, and you got to be, like, spot on. And so it really is a tough proposition to be like, I'm really low on life. And I need to heal, and the only way I can heal is if I parry this guy. Do I want to gamble to say that I can parry this guy? Because if I do, I'll heal. And if I don't, I'm going to get killed because I'm going to eat this sword right in my face. Uh, it is a very tough proposition. I tried to avoid parrying as much as possible. I It was tough for me. I did not like it. I have anxiety right now. I don't normally uh. get it in the podcast, but I have it just oh, from what man. you're talking about. So many times when I was down to like a single hit and I needed to, I needed to land this parry. I got to land this parry. And I just fucking didn't. And it's just, it's rough. It is uh, rough. Um, there's a couple other really neat um, twists to this. Now they know you're not going to land every parry. So uh, the other story-based hook to this game is that you are some kind of a spirit or like an undead person or like a ghoul or something. And you are weak. You die in literally one hit from anybody in this game. So Wait, what you do... What? This is getting worse and worse. No, I, it is. It is. It is. But what happens is how you survive is you find a dead body of a warrior like scattered throughout the world and you inhabit that body. And so you take on the properties of that dead body. So if you inhabit the body of a thief, then you will have like some thiefy powers. You'll like turn into smoke when you dodge and you'll have a lot of stamina or if you inhabit the body of a a tanky warrior you'll have tons of life less stamina you know different abilities um it sounds way more cool in the way that i'm describing it than it actually is in practice because that was really all i knew about this game before release and i was very excited in my mind i was thinking of all the different ways that could be applied into games where oh maybe i'll go into a new level and i'll be forced to try a new body and that'll make me change up my mechanics and change up my strategies that's interesting or maybe uh maybe a certain body will be better against a certain enemy and i'll have to change back and forth no 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 fuck all that those guys totally don't do any of those ideas which i think are pretty good ideas uh basically it's just like a a build system where there's only four bodies in the whole game which i didn't realize and one of them is real tanky one of them is real light one of them 
has high stamina, and one of them like tells jokes or something. I don't remember what the fourth guy does. I don't need something. Um, so like once you get those guys, you basically just find your favorite because it doesn't make a lot of sense to switch back and forth. Um, and I feel like that was a real missed opportunity for these guys. I felt like there was a lot of potential with the idea of changing bodies in a soul's like it seems like infinite opportunity there and it they didn't really do a whole lot with it so that was pretty disappointing mm. um but i got into it started playing it and uh, i gotta say the thing that i like the most about it is it when you play this game you feel heavy and slow the swords are gigantic i mean those swords in real life would probably weigh 50 pounds easy and you're like, it takes forever to swing a sword because it's fucking heavy and it feels heavy. <laughs> also sounds and, terrible. I mean, a lot of people hate it, right? A lot of people really bounced off this game. But that was what really I liked because I like that feeling of like, I got to be really deliberate with my attacks. I got to be very careful because once I swing the sword, I'm committed to the swing and I can't back out of it. Um, everything just feels really thick and chunky and slow and brutal. And I like it. Like when you hit a guy fucker goes sailing across the level because you hit him so goddamn hard with your sword right. like you feel that hit right yeah. or like you kick a guy's shield and you're so heavy and strong that when you kick the dude like rocks back and the shield shatters and he's just like stunned for a second like the combat the quality of the combat pretty fucking cool i it's it's not for people who like to dodge all the time but if you want to like really tank your way through and fight and just get into this really gross heavy brutal combat i think the, the combat is done really well so it's got some pluses it's got a lot of minuses. I actually finished it this morning, so I did. I know. Go I was going to say. It. I saw the tweet that you finished this fucking thing. That seems impossible. Uh, it was. I mean, it's a lot harder at the beginning than it is at the end. But if you persevere, you will eventually get to a point where you get comfortable with a weapon that you like. You'll get comfortable with the body that you like, and then you just kind of power your way through. I mean, I think that for a first game from a new studio, these guys did a great job. Like they they really focused in on the things they did well. I don't agree with all their choices. I think they made a lot of bad choices. Um, but overall, for what they were shooting for, I think they were very successful. I think they turned out a game that was very reasonable for the scope of what they had, considering their studio of four people. I mean, and the, and the levels look great. Like, some of those levels look fucking amazing just visually. Like, there's this one level where you're, like, in the sky, and it's, like, all abstract, and there's, like, these weird stones, and you're a million miles above the earth, and clouds and shit. Like, it just... It was stunning. Like, really stunning. So these guys they need a little bit of like an, uh, a producer to kind of help them file off the rough edges. Maybe don't be so get good next time. But like overall I ended up liking it. Although it's a very hard recommend. I don't recommend it to just anybody and I don't recommend it to every souls fan. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff here that people would bounce off of. It's very player unfriendly. It's a very brutal game. You're going to die a lot. It's just, it just doesn't really give a fuck about you. But there is some good there. So overall, yeah. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I finished it. I think it was worth my time, but it was absolutely an uphill climb. It goes back to what we were saying kind of earlier about, like, it just might not be for you, but it's well-made, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it was for you. It's not for me, obviously. But, um, yeah, like, I, I feel like it's such a small team. What they pulled off from just, like, what I'm looking at with graphics and um, some of the video and stuff is amazing. So kudos to them for building a like you said, a weighty melee system and all this kind of really good combat. And it looks cool. I will never play it. No, um, stay away, dude. Stay away. to each his own, you know what I mean? So, so good, good on them for finishing the game. Because, again, I, I have a small team. We have a small team working on scavengers. And, you know, I'm just always blown away with what they pull off. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of work to make something look awesome. And when you have a small amount of people, it's even more work. 
Yeah, for sure. They did a great job. If anybody's curious about this, I posted a ton of screenshots and a couple videos of some pretty cool moments on my Twitter feed. If you want to go back to my Twitter and scroll backwards or just like do a search for um, hashtag mortal shell, you will pull up all of the stuff I posted. It's worth a look. It's worth a look. Um, it looks great. And congratulations to this team. I definitely look forward to their next project. I hope that they get a bigger team, maybe broaden it up a little bit, maybe let some players in who are not the get good players. And uh, I think they're going to be uh, doing some good work in the future. Yeah. So. Hey, before we go, before the show's over, you thought it was over, and I don't think we can pull off a 30-minute episode, Brett Galloway. Uh, I have two uh, surprise games. Okay, all right, all right. And even if I didn't have two surprise games, I think we're already like 45 minutes, so... we Well, I'm, we had some... We faffed around a little bit before we started recording, so that was that was uh, the thing that happened. Yeah. Okay, so real quick reminder, uh, to that point of going back to things we mentioned on the show, triple topping... Remember Triple Topping, the creators of Welcome to Elk? Welcome to Elk. We talked about them uh, very recently, last episode, I think. Yeah, so we were like uh, looking at them on the podcast, and we realized they made a little game called Spitkiss. Spit Kiss. Yes, did we bought it in it? real time. Yeah, I we did download it. And did you play it? Did not, but I bought oh, it and downloaded I it. I did. So the art is amazing, and it looks like Ren and Stimpy. Like okay. it's really beautiful, weird, cartoony art. And I have a, a, a positive and a negative to say. I'll just say really quickly... Uh, it looks beautiful. There's these little cartoon segments that happen, and it's about uh, two characters who love each other. They decide they love each other, and these little kind of um, yeah comic book frames uh, show up and like talk about their romance. And what the game is, it's just one of them is on one side of the screen, the other's on the other side of the screen, and in the middle is just like usually some sort of obstacles. And what you need to do is you need to spit <laughs> towards them. And if it lands and hits that other person, they like, you know, realize that you love them, which is like real life. <laughs> I think I saw that in Pornhub. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's a thing. So <laughs> anyways, so when you spit, you know, it's that classic thing of where like you pull back for trajectory, right? Like see where it's going to go and try to like aim at the person, right? But in this world, you can actually, there's like spikes on the walls. And if, if the spit hits spikes, like in real life, it dissolves and goes away. And your spit doesn't, you know, meet your person you're trying to hit in the face with it. So you have <laughs> oh to do God. like really weird things of like having it hit a, like a block and then like it's going to slowly drip around the other side of the block and then throw, oh, Jesus. throw it again, you know? Oh, my oh God. Or oh, there's like geez. a little dot in the middle of the air. And so like you'll throw the spit to the dot. The minute it hits the dot, it resets your ability to throw the spit again. So you're kind of like spitting from thing to thing to thing to land on your person. Now here's the uh, thing: we and gotta be, move on because I'm I'm got I'm gagging, dude. Like my my oh just because the word spit. Just the uh, the thoughts going through my head right now are making me a little bit queasy. We gotta we're gonna we're gonna have to we're move not on. gonna move on. Hold on, I want to say hurl. one thing about I want to say All one right. thing about uh, well, let's call it something else. Let's call it magic dust. Does that make you feel better? Uh, sure, that's fine. That's fine. You got to throw your little magic dust, okay? <laughs> and then in the beginning, it's really fun because the characters are cool. And if you do it like enough times, you get another kind of cool comic book scene. And I just like, you know, their art is really, really cool. But it so quickly becomes like, get good. Oh, and really? Is it yeah, really hard? Yeah, really hard. Oh. Like, like so quick. Like I'm like, you know, what, 12 wards in or something? And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Like the last one I had to do, I had to hit the, I had to throw the magic dust at <laughs> a block and the magic dust had to like drip and then 
fall and then the magic dust had to go to another dot and then to another dot and then to the person. And I was like, this is going to take me a long time. And what's the reasoning for it to be this hard? I was just going to say, it seems like such a cute, fun indie game. It's weird to hear that it gets so difficult. I am. And I, you know what, this is, I know there's a lot of um, mobile games that do it because they're monetization. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is one because I, didn't we buy it? Yeah, you just buy it and that's it. There's no DLC yeah. or anything. So then that makes no sense to me at all. Like, I don't really know why they did this. So it's almost a hard pass for me where I really do like the art and the and the style. But, man, I don't really want to play, like, Passboard 13 or something. Oh, man. Well, that's disappointing. Well, maybe I will try to – I like we said, we downloaded it in real time on the show. I got it. I meant to play it, and I just kept putting it off and putting it off. So now that I'm hearing you say it – uh, I mean, I'll definitely check it out, and maybe uh, we'll see how it goes. But, but that's, you can't that's handle you can't handle the word spit, though. So I don't know how. You well, know. you were getting into some pretty crazy scenarios there. That was kind of just fla- yeah. I was flashbacks, dude. Flashbacks. Okay, okay. Uh, the other thing, real quick, is um, the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remaster demo is up right now. Ah, okay. Uh, it, it launched with the Tokyo Game Show because uh, I was actually trying to get it. And it wasn't available until Tokyo Game Show started. Isn't this game already out? I, we were reviewed it at Game Critics a while ago. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remaster is already out? Yeah, it's been out for like a while. In fact, I think Jared Johnston reviewed it for us uh, like weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Well, weeks ago means it's like sort of new then, right? I mean, it's not old, but I mean, it's 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 not brand new. Okay. Well, then I, was, I, I never even knew. Um, well, anyways, it's a hard pass from me. <laughs> that's what jared said too <laughs> well here's the thing i you know we both have said this on the show we don't like the super deformed little characters no in RPGs. no we don't and especially ones like this one had like a lady with some cleavage and i was like don't do that don't <laughs> don't make your super deformed little characters have cleavage no or that's boobs as big as her head just the point is I don't want to look at boobs when the characters are that small. Like, it's just it's weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah. They're like creepy. small people or I don't know what it is. Anyways, in the very beginning, all the menus I hated. I was like, they remastered these menus, but they made them worse. And then they were like, pick a bunch of factions you're going to go on this quest with. And I was like, what? It was like a – it just like threw me off so bad in the beginning. And the art I didn't like. And I was like, no, I'm glad this is a demo. I'm not going into this world. So I just thought I'd bring it up that it's a hard pass for me. That that kind of says uh, the same kind of stuff that Jared was saying. He liked it back in the day, but he said they did not. They should have remastered. And what they did was re-release. And he was very unhappy with it. And he said the big hook of that game is multiplayer. And something about the multiplayer is borked. I don't remember what it was, but he said it was just no good. It was a hard pass for mm. him as well. So. It's it's like that. Uh, what's that one? Breath of the Fire that I love. Not Breath of Fire. Um Oh my goodness, the one with the rolling combat that I always forget the name of and I love. Uh, mana, something mana. Yeah, Secret, Legend of Mana. Se- but Legend Secret of mana. mana. So Secret of Mana, remember they remade that one? Yes. Or remastered yes, yes. it, and that was shite. It, it reminds me of that. So anyways, hard pass, don't go near it. If you if you like the original, then just ca- keep that memory of the original. Cherish that memory and don't come back to it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent advice. Excellent advice from a man who's been there and lived it. And folks, that is going to do it for this show. But... Before we go, we love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as a show, at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week? Hey, you know what? If you want to learn a little bit about me. uh, And who doesn't, really? And who doesn't? I mean, come on. At this point, by this point, uh, you can go to 
And I'm revamping it right now. So by the time this goes up, you'll probably see it. Uh, CarlosRodella.com. That's I was going to say that. Oh, man, I should have said it. I would have really? been right on. Yeah, I was. Well, one L, not two. Like Just like Brad Galloway, no O's. Um, <laughs> CarlosRodella, R-O-D-E-L-A.com. You could literally see my whole life in that. Like I put all these pictures up, all the videos I've done. Uh, Brad's on there. Brad's on there. We're, Am uh, I on there? I got to look it up. Plenty of times. You should look it up. Oh, man. I got to look it up. Me and you and those green blocks, remember? The public access I do. Show? Yes, I remember that. TV and uh, I think you're on there a couple times. So, you know, learn a little bit about me if you want. Maybe Brad will make a website someday. I doubt it. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Hard pass on a website from Brad Galloway. <laughs> but carlsrodella.com, just, you know, check it out. And also, there's a little feature where you can leave me a message, which I excellent. I don't know if I've ever checked. <laughs> But I w- but well, I will now because check you know. it now check yeah. it now okay good good uh, as for me nothing as fancy as that just the same old same old Twitter and Instagram b r a d g a l l a w a y always no o's and again like I said check my feed for tons of mortal shell videos and pictures and if you go to Instagram I did not share this on Twitter but longtime listeners of the show will know that I love chickens because I have chickens in my backyard and my chickens just started laying eggs yesterday. So I posted a picture of my very first egg ever. So check it out on Instagram if you want to see that. And this is going to do it for episode. Wait, 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 bro. We got to talk about eggs for a minute. Okay. Dude, hard boiled eggs are amazing. They are really good. I love hard boiled eggs. I'm like, all I need is a hard boiled egg, a little bit of salt and some toast. That's breakfast for me. That is a pretty good breakfast. I would often have hard-boiled eggs and toast or crackers, a cup of coffee or something. When it's on the go, you can just cook it up ahead of time, bring it with you. It's pretty yeah, portable. You make them in advance. I'm just wondering, like, do you have, like, with the amount of eggs you're going to get, like, how many eggs you, you're talking here? Like We, well, so they're just starting. It's They don't all just, like, come in at once, right? Like, they all have their different <laughs> I don't maturity know how periods. chickens work. They, so they, they mature, and basically... It's it's kind of okay. We're not going to get like super into it, but it's no. kind of like a very similar um, like ovary situation to like human women. But instead of like monthly, they do it like daily. And so that is like even if the chicken is not fertilized, like if there's no rooster, there's no rooster in my yard. It still happens anyway. So they are they are giving us eggs that will never hatch into dude, baby that's... chickens. But you just eat them anyway. That's the kind that you get at the store. Right. That's magic, dude. Also very interesting. Chickens are born with every egg they're ever going to lay inside their body already. And they are what? tiny. They are. They're lined up like bullets. I saw it when we slaughtered chickens. And Whoa, so, you know, wow, you made that go badly. First, you're like telling me this really cool thing. And I'm like, wow, Brad Galloway, tell me more about chickens. You're like, yeah, I slaughtered them and found out. It's true. I took a chicken slaughtering class a while ago and Whoa. I was stunned. I was like, oh, my God, there's all these eggs in here. Oh like, what God. the hell? And they're like, yep. They are born with all their eggs and they're just, they start out teeny tiny and they grow one by one. And it's like, like, you know, like a, like a bomber during World War II where you see like those bomb racks and they just like fly over somewhere and they drop yeah. all those bombs one by one. That is literally what is going on inside a chicken's body every day. Weird. So we have eight chickens. Um, some of them are already laying. Some of them are not. Uh, but when they all start to get going, you can generally expect about uh, roughly one egg a day. So we're thinking we're probably going to have maybe like 50 eggs a week, probably. That's Which great. Which is like, which is like a lot, probably more than we can eat. But we have neighbors on uh, three sides of us that we're going to share the eggs with. And we're going to have plenty of eggs ourselves. We're going to have hard-boiled. We're going to have scrambled. We're going to have fried. We're going to make a souffle. Do all sorts of stuff. It's going to be eggs, eggs, eggs. 
24-7. Very excited about it. Dude, eggs-tastic. That is really cool. And uh, you, le- you learn something new. Who knows? I had no Ch- idea. Chickens are magical. They're kind of magical. I'm, I'm magical. big on chickens right now. So, All right. Anyway, that's enough of uh, chickens on episode 198. <laughs> and this is the actual end. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll be back before you know it. And maybe the chickens will, too. Who, who knows? Who knows? In the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And uh, bye from Carlos. Chickens are magical. Who knew?